The scripture this morning comes from Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth hastily gotten will dwindle, but those who gather little by little will increase it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're in week two of our series, Earn, Save, Give All You Can. And what we are doing is taking a look in this series at how we can better approach wealth, money, and generosity. And we're using John Wesley's advice from his sermon, The Use of Money, as our guide. Wesley tells us there in that sermon that when it comes to money, we ought to earn all we can, save all we can, and give all that we can. Earn all we can, save all we can, and give all we can. No matter how much or how little you may have, the message remains the same. Earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. A few years back, and I do mean a few years back because the place where I went to see the concert no longer exists, I went to the Georgia Dome. Do you remember the Georgia Dome? Yeah, the Georgia Dome. I went to the Georgia Dome uh, to see a concert. One of my favorite bands was playing there. It was U2, and uh, it was a part of the 360 tour for uh, U2. And the coolest thing about the show was that uh, there was a circular stage in the middle of the stadium, and the band could play to the entire arena. Absolutely incredible. All the lighting, all the sound was inside of this claw-like thing that was over the stage that allowed them to do sound, video, and lighting for the entire arena. I can remember when U2 came on the stage, uh, it went from silence to just deafening noise as the crowd erupted with cheers and with applause. And about five songs into the set, they played one of my favorite songs. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Do you know that song? Yeah? Um, uh, some of those of you who are younger might remember it from the movie Sing 2. I was told today that Sing 2 is where that song comes from. But it's actually from the Joshua Tree album uh, by U2. Uh, and if you haven't heard Joshua Tree, you deserve to give it a listen. It's, it's, it's an experience. But the words there in the first verse that Bono sings go like this. I've climbed the highest mountains. I've run through the fields. I have run, I've crawled, I've scaled city walls, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Have you ever felt that way? Like no matter where you look, you can't seem to get a hold of whatever it is that you're looking for, that you're searching for. You can't seem to get whatever it is that you think will satisfy you, whatever it is that you think that you may want. If we're really honest with ourselves, we've all been in that place, right, where just having what you have isn't enough, you want more. We all have felt like we still haven't found what we're looking for. Now, I want you to hear these words from 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10. Paul writes these words to a young pastor, Timothy, who's just getting started. He's grown up uh, in a family that's sort of split when it comes to matters of faith, but his mother and his grandmother have poured into his life to the point where he said yes to a relationship with Jesus, and he said yes to answering the call to be in ministry. And so Paul writes these words to, them, to him in 1 Timothy 6, 6-10. He says, of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, so we can take nothing out of it. 
But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich, and I don't know if you have a highlighter out or you're sitting there looking at your Bible as we're reading through these words, but underline those words. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Paul goes on to say, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. That's a sobering word, isn't it? Paul says that great gain comes in godliness combined with Contentment that there is great gain to be had when we combine our pursuit of Christ's likeness with finding satisfaction. That's really what the meaning of contentment is. It's, it's being content. It's finding satisfaction, not wanting or needing or striving. Being content is being satisfied. But what is it that we gain when you combine godliness with contentment? I think it's a perspective on life and on faith that allows you to be exactly who God called you and created you to be. Because you're giving yourself wholly to Christ. You're giving yourself wholly to God. And at the same time, you're finding peace with what you have and who you are in God. Henry Nouwen says one of the greatest lessons that we could learn is that we don't have to do anything more but that we simply must understand that we are the beloved of God. The beloved of God. There's nothing more to strive for, for you're already a child of God. You're already an heir of the promise. You are already all of these things. What we must do is learn to be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. But most of us, we never practice being content because we're conditioned by our culture to want more, to have a, a newer and a shinier and a faster and a better, whatever it is that you might happen to want. I know our, our culture is conditioning us to feel this way because I saw a commercial the other day for the new iPhone 14. Now, some of you know this, probably most of you know this. I like gadgets. I, I like Apple stuff. And so um, I see the iPhone 14 come out, and I, I had a moment where I thought, ooh, i got to get that. I've got to get a hold of an iPhone 14. But then I remembered something that happened uh, maybe three years ago. I'd been on a train of every year or two years getting a new version of the iPhone when I realized that all I was getting in getting a new phone was a phone that could do all the things my phone already did, but maybe marginally faster that it really wasn't any better made. There wasn't any greater value. Email only goes as fast as my fingers go. Phone calls aren't made swifter no matter how many G's you have on the antenna. We're conditioned to want the newest and the best. We're conditioned to want iPhones because iPhones lead to iPads and iPads lead to MacBook Pros and MacBook Pros lead to iMacs and Apple TVs and Apple Watches and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on anybody's toes this morning. 
but we want all the time. And very rarely are we content. And because we don't know how to be satisfied, because we don't know how to be content, we find ourselves lost and hurting in ways that we never could have imagined. And I'll tell you how I'm not content with Apple devices, but perhaps for you it's cars or houses or clothes or shoes or jewelry. I could go on. We all have something that we want and something that calls out to us that we want to have. But godliness with contentment is great gain. And here's the point of all of this, friends, that there is great temptation in life to want to be rich. There's great temptation in life to want to be rich. Circle the word want. There's great temptation in desiring to be rich. Notice I didn't say there's great temptation in being rich. Being rich is fine. As long as you have a healthy view of money, of wealth, and of generosity. It's wanting to be rich that's dangerous because wanting to be rich can only really lead you down two paths. The want of being rich can lead you down a path of blind ambition. That's the first way that we head whenever we want to be rich. It's a path that leads to burnout, to hurt feelings, dissatisfaction, and brokenness. Because the path of blind ambition has the potential to not only destroy our life, but to destroy our relationships, to pierce ourselves, and to do harm to ourselves. The path of blind ambition will cause you to go into work early and to stay late to sell your family, your life, your soul to make another dollar because you buy into the idea that it's really money, not the promise of God, that brings happiness and security and stability. And if a little is good, then a lot more must be better. The path of blind ambition will burn you out and turn you out and leave you poured out all to get another dollar. That's the first path. The second path is the path of debt. Blind ambition is this ongoing desire to make more by doing more. The second path, debt, is a lot easier, but just as painful and destructive. Debt is spending more than you have because you believe that you have to have to be like everyone else. So we end up buying more than we can afford because we want more than we need. We're not content. What we have is never enough, so we get a card that allows us to fake it. And fake it. And fake it. To buy things to impress people that we don't even like. It's one of my favorite Dave Ramsey quotes. The path of debt will lead you to buy stuff to impress people that you don't even care about, that you don't even like. But you've got to have that look. You've got to have that car. You've got to have that outfit. You've got to have those shoes. You've got to have that computer, that phone. So you'll do whatever it takes, even if it means digging a hole in order to get them. 
But contentment's possible, friends. I've known people throughout my life who made very little but were very satisfied. And I would say lived abundantly. Because they weren't trying to be anything more than what they were. They weren't trying to make a whole bunch of money to be rich. They didn't want to be rich. They saw themselves as wealthy already because they knew that they were cared for. Because they knew how to earn, how to save, and how to give. And I've met people who make a whole lot more. But that when you scratch the surface, you realize it's all for show. It's all just a ruse. They're using credit to put on a show to impress people that they don't care about. I mean, think about credit card offers. You know, a few months back, we moved from 102 North Edgewood Drive to 912 Monarch Monarch Circle on the other edge of town. Now, I had to notify the post office that I was moving so that our mail could be forwarded because, you know, bills have to be forwarded, otherwise they collect inside of a box. You know what doesn't need to be forwarded? Credit card offers. Am I right? They know you can get to your new address and your credit card offer is in the mailbox. Right? They've made it easy for us to put on a great big show to impress the world, but to dig ourselves a deeper and deeper hole. The average American has four major credit cards with an average total credit card debt of at least $15,000. $15,000. I used to say that's a car, but it's not a car anymore, is it? A lot of people are in a hole because they are consumed with consuming. They're consumed with the pursuit of things, of wealth, of riches, of having more. They've chosen ambition or debt over godliness and contentment. And because their desire for more, because of their desire for more, they've been trapped by their desires. They have been hurt. We have been hurt. They've hurt others. We've hurt others. And the love of money truly has become for them and for us the root of all kinds of evil. And again, it's not the money. It's the love of money. It's the want for more money. The want to be rich. It's the love of money. It's the love of its power, of its perceived security, of its perceived prestige that brings you, that gets me, that gets us into trouble. Yet when we learn to not only earn all we can by employing all of our gifts and graces, but to save all that we can by gaining some measure of contentment in our lives, we find ourselves in a position to experience something truly remarkable. When we pursue godliness and contentment, what we find is freedom. Because not only are we living with purpose and with passion, but we're free from feeling like we've got to get our hands on the next greatest thing that's out there. We're free to simply enjoy the blessings of God that have been poured out on our lives and to share those blessings with others. The key to learning how to save all you can begins with discovering contentment in your life. It begins with being satisfied with who you are and where you are. Now let me be clear, that doesn't mean there's not room for improvement in your life. We could all be better. 
But it means at the very core of who we are, we are satisfied with who God has created us to be and is shaping us to be. Contentment helps us to find margin in our lives so that we have the opportunity to do more than just earn and spend contentment. It helps us to save. It helps us to put aside part of what we've earned so that when hard times come, and hard times are coming, friends, we have the resources to not only live on, but to to continue to bless others so that we can have some measure of security. Now hear me when I say this. Saving is not the same thing as hoarding. Some of us believe we're really good at saving when what we're really good at is hoarding. We're really good at holding on to everything that's ever been given to us, everything that's ever been blessed, everything that's ever blessed us. We're good at building a pile of cash that only gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But none of us can carry our great piles of cash with us into eternity. And I don't believe that God blesses us just so that we can have a bigger stack. God blesses us that we might be a blessing to the world. So earn all you can because you are gifted and talented and God desires for you to be a productive part of our world. But save all you, all you can Because hard times are coming and you want to be able to continue to bless others. But remember that you're blessed not just so that you can accumulate, but so that you too can be a blessing. Saving allows us to bless others and to care for ourselves in hard times. Again, the goal of saving is not to have a huge pile of cash. The goal of saving is to provide margin or insulation between your income and your life. Saving is a part of being responsible with all that God has blessed you with. So earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. There's no percentage attached to that. There's no certain value or certain number. Just earn all you can and save all you can. Avoid blind ambition and debt so that you can find satisfaction and wholeness in God. Pursue something greater than just being rich. Paul, after warning Timothy about the desire for being rich, he goes on to share these words with Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12. He says, But as for you, man of God, young Timothy, shun all of this. Pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness, pursue faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and for which you were made, excuse me, and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul says, listen, Timothy, the way you avoid the desire to be rich is by setting your heart, your mind, your life on pursuing righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, all of these gifts that come from a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You see, that's the power of the gospel. 
That's the power of Jesus Christ. It doesn't just discipline our hearts into obedience. It disciplines our relationship with Jesus. It disciplines every area of our life. That the whole of who we are might be offered at the feet of Jesus. That the whole of who we are might take hold of eternal life. The life to which we were called. The life which we confessed when we were baptized or when we joined the church. The life the life that you and I were created for. Church, my hope is that as you earn, save, and give, that your eyes would be set on pursuing something higher and better than just riches. My hope is that you would be set on attaining salvation through Jesus Christ. Followers of Jesus shun the temptation to be rich. Followers of Jesus pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, church, and hold, excuse me, and take hold of eternal life. The life which you and I were called to and have confessed. Would you pray with me this morning? Almighty God, you have made us for so much more than just earning. And you call us to do more than just chase after wealth. You call us to be a part of your kingdom work here in this world. You call us to use our wealth, to use our blessings, to make a difference in the lives of others. Lord, help us to find what we are looking for in you. Let our hearts find their rest in your peace and in your presence and in your power, Lord. Help us to stop our striving and to be satisfied with all that you have given us, with all that you have poured out for us. Remind us of the riches of your mercy and grace and empower us to live as those whose hearts, minds, and lives are set on you instead of the vain things that this world offers us. Jesus, meet us here this morning as we continue to pray and praise you for all that you have done for us, for all that you are doing for us, and for all that you will do through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.